Hi, my name is Randy May, and welcome to Decoding the Man podcast. Here at Decoding the Man, we have real conversations with real men and people in their lives. Whether we're talking about relationships, family life, masculinity, vulnerability, or mental health, we're having deeper conversations in a safe space. So buckle up, get comfortable, get a coffee, and listen in whether you're driving or sitting on the couch today. Get inspired, reflect, and have real conversations in your own life. At Decoding the Man, we're all about having a little bit of fun and getting a little bit deeper. The views expressed by the individuals in this podcast are solely the opinions and experiences of the guests of Decoding the Man. Hi, my name is Randy May, and this is the Decoding the Man podcast. And today we're with Movember, and we have a wonderful guest. Uh, and his name is Sam Wilson, and he is the Community Development Coordinator for Movember. So we'd like to welcome Sam. Thank you so much. Yeah, glad to, glad to be here. Thank you so much for coming on um, this episode and sharing with us your experience and your journey. I think it's going to be so valuable. Totally, yeah. I'm always, always open to talking about it, so let's do it. Yeah. So, Sam, tell us a little bit about, I want to know a little bit about um, your role as a community development coordinator here at Movember. Yeah. So, I work um, specifically on our development team and right. uh, in that, I work even more specifically in, in two separate communities. So, I work anything to do with sport. So, that could be, you know, your buddies beer league hockey game all the way up to supporting our NHL relationship. Um, So anything to do with sport, team sport, individual, university, professional, whatever, I take care of that and and help liaison between Movember and and the community. And the other group I work with um, is elementary and high schools. Um, So that entire age bracket. Um, And not that sport and, and men in sport isn't incredibly important, but the, the kids that I work with are ultimately what's the most rewarding part of my job in that, Movember is very much in the preventative space and in terms of, you know, mental health and suicide prevention and testicular cancer and prostate cancer. And when I go into schools and I give presentations or talk to small groups or whatever it is, this sounds kind of cheesy, but you can kind of notice the difference you're making because maybe those kids don't have someone in their life telling them about those, those problems or issues and how to talk about them. And it's okay to talk about them. Right. Um, so that's a long answer to your question, but that, no, those are the communities I work with for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I didn't, I'd love to know a little bit more about like uh, working with youth through Movember. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I have sort of just like a background in, in working with kids and, in, in, you know, coaching soccer and I used to work at a camp and then stuff right. like that. So I, I've always um, been passionate about working with youth. Um, and when I came here, it was just a perfect role. And um like I said, I mean, you know, our causes are, are so relevant for every age group, right? Right. But I'm not going into schools and, you know, giving a, a huge lesson on prostate cancer, for example, right? right? Because while it's important they know about it, it's not something that's physically affecting their bodies at this moment, obviously. Right. They're not in the age group for it. Right. But it is important to have that knowledge and to be able to go home to their dads or uncles or grandfathers or whatever and be like, hey, dad, like I learned about... PSA testing today. Like right. when was the last time you got your prostate checked? Like that right. kind of thing, right? right? So we, that's sort of like the message we deliver, but I really focus on testicular cancer uh, because, you know, the second leading cause of death is, uh, sorry, not second leading cause of death, just the most commonly diagnosed form of cancer in young men is right. testicular cancer, right? right? And most of the kids don't even know they're in that age group or in okay. that bracket where they could be affected, right? Yeah. Um, and same with mental health and, and suicide prevention. It's just, unfortunately, you know, that, 
age demographic is where a lot of mental health problems tend to arise early. Right. right? And so being aware and being conscious of their own bodies, both physically and mentally is, is, is so important in long-term health. Right. Right. Um, so again, it, it sounds very cheesy, but I, I definitely love that part of my job and being able to hopefully make a difference in, in maybe just one kid's life. Yeah, it's not cheesy at all. I think it's so important because it shows that Movember um, not only connects with, you know, people and, you know, maybe 35 and up age bracket, but you're connecting with younger people and totally. it's the part of Movember is about prevention, not just what's happening now, exactly. uh, but and how you survive it. But it's like, what can you look out for before this even happens to you? Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, I honestly love that part of my job for sure. But the same thing with with sport too, right? Like we, Movember as an organization, we like to go where men gather already, where they right. already feel comfortable in a setting. So that could be in a locker room or on the field or whatever it right. is and, and getting them to be sort of taking that next step with their teammates or friends and being able to have very candid, healthy conversations about mental and physical health. Right. Yeah. And are you facilitating some of those conversations and Movember conversations, right? Yeah. So Movember conversations is great. We launched that sort of in response to COVID. Um, but essentially it's like, I know how awkward it is to reach out to other male friends or whatever it is to yeah. have a real conversation and check in on them. So Movember conversations kind of does that work for you. It's an online module tool. Right. Um, you go there and it's sort of like a scenario step-by-step -step kind of thing. And there's some prompts and you answer some questions and it really guides you on how to start those meaningful conversations with, with the men in your life. Right. Um, and it's, it's really just for people who want to check in on, on family and friends and, and make sure they're doing okay, but maybe don't know how to do that really. Right. And yeah. so it gives people kind of tools to sometimes, I think sometimes it's hard for people to jump into these conversations if they're not comfortable with it, Exactly. but maybe they want to check in, but they don't know how. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's something we're not, this is a systemic problem, but it's something we're not taught how to do from, from a young age. Right. Right. So that's the intention of November conversations is to get in there. And like you just said, use it as a tool that, we, that people can access and, and really make a difference in, in someone's life. Yeah, I think that's really good work. And it's never cheesy. It's important. Yeah, yeah, of course. Totally. <laughs> it's so important. And um, I'm just curious, like, what inspired you to become a part of Movember? Um, so I have uh, a couple prongs into that. Um, yeah. When I was, I don't remember what age, it's about 12 years ago, my uncle was diagnosed with prostate cancer and his diagnosis was too late. So it had spread to his bones. It had okay. metastasized to his bones. Um, and so I was in high school when that happened and, um, I kind of heard about November just through that way. And, you know, I've right. just been growing an awful mustache <laughs> ever, ever <laughs> since. Um, and when, you know, I went through my life and my career and switched into this nonprofit sector, um, was actually the time my dad was also diagnosed with okay. prostate cancer and my dad, uh, a hero to me he's not just a dad he was a friend a confidant a, yeah you know a, a counselor at, at some times um we had a wonderful relationship with my dad um and he essentially beat prostate cancer uh, as much as you can beat prostate right. cancer um and uh so that was i don't know maybe a year after his diagnosis and then he came to visit me here in Toronto one time and he was just having tons of back pain. And then he went right. back home and um, he was diagnosed with uh, neuroendocrine cancer to his liver. So okay. uh, essentially just his liver was almost gone. Um, right. And my dad wasn't, you know, someone who drank alcohol or lived a lifestyle that would um, 
you know, really impact his, his liver health. Um, right. so it was shocking for all of us. Um, and neuroendocrine is like 1% of all cancers and neuroendocrine to the liver is like 0.3% of that right. 1%. So it's right. incredibly rare. And from diagnosis to death was about seven weeks. Wow. Um, so he went downhill really, really fast. So, um, it was an incredible, uh, roller coaster as, as, as cliche as that phrase is of, of emotion, just because you go through the initial diagnosis, diagnosis of prostate cancer, right? awful, essentially beats it. Great. Another diagnosis, right. awful. And then ultimately the death of, of, of my father. Um, and so I was working at a different charity at, at that time and, um, it had a very significant impact on my mental health. It still does, obviously. Absolutely. But um, I had lived a very privileged life up to that point and to not have to worry about my mental health or anything like that at all, to be honest. I had, right. I had lived a pretty good life. Um, but then when that happened, it was just a wave of um, grief I've never dealt with. Um, and then I kind of just eventually went back to work and I sort of got this LinkedIn notification to uh, to apply to a job at, at Movember. And bit serendipitous for sure just because i you know i'm not a religious person at all right. to be to be fair but um bit of a sign right yeah two months after going back to work that i'd be able to come to an organization like movember that does exactly the work that you know my uncle and my father were, were affected by um we lost my uncle about six months after my dad as well okay. um later that that same year um and then my cousin actually overdosed as well uh okay. the following following summer, I believe. Um, so it's those three men in my life that kind of influenced me to come to such an organization that is, uh, getting men to talk about their, their physical and mental health and be on top of it. Um, and, uh, I like to think I'm, you know, honoring those guys by the work I do every day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's really a powerful connection. Um, And I do think it's serendipitous uh, (laughs) that, you know, you got to transition to a place that would be able to support you as you go through your journey. um, And you inspire young people and all people really to kind of really connect and talk about what's happening. Totally. Yeah, no, and that's the thing too. Is like outside of a, a professional organization that we are, the the employees we have here have just become a f- small family to me as well. Just yeah. in terms of that, in terms of that support. Um, so that's been it's been wonderful for my career as well as my personal life too. Yeah, so it's it's uh, a, a blessing for sure. That's so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah okay, it's yeah. like it's, it's like a nice thread, like a ribbon that exactly. goes through and pulls everything together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm Todd Minerson. I'm the country director for Movember in Canada. I want to encourage you to go to movember.com and register for this year's campaign. We need you more than ever. And uh, without your help, we can't change the face of men's health. So go get your mo on. We talk about mental health for a moment, if you're okay with that. Sure. And just kind of like, how did you notice that your mental health changed as you went through so many different changes in your life in such a short period of time? Um, that's a good question. Uh... I mean, the initial um, wave you deal with after after a, a loss is uh, incomparable. There's nothing like it. Um, I did some of the stereotypical things of someone who's going through a, a depressing time in that, like, I didn't eat very much, I was right. sleeping all the time, um, didn't feel really like socializing or, or talking to anyone. Um, and then, I mean, 
I didn't know I was a, a resilient person. Like I, you know, right. I just had no idea that I would, I would be. Um, so I, th- I think I'm, I'm luck, very lucky in that way that I'm just naturally sort of wanting to get out of that myself when a lot of people in that situation maybe don't have that same drive. Um, so that helped for sure. And then sort of as my dad died two and a half years ago. Um, okay. so it's been, it's been a journey. There are, uh, significant milestones that come up. So like the anniversary of my dad's death, his birthday, my parents' anniversary, even right. my birthday, stuff like that, where, um, the word isn't triggered, but essentially like the week up leading up to those dates, like you really, really start to think of memories and, and reminisce on, on things from, from when my dad was alive. Um, yeah. and so that is really the ebbs and flows of my, of my depression. I don't have clinical depression for right. sure, but I definitely go into really sometimes dark places, uh, around, right. around those times. Right. Um, but I've sort of grown and learned as, as I've, you know, dealt with this, that, um, you need to talk to someone. Right. right. Um, and so my best friend, Will actually is, <laughs> uh, is someone who I talk to almost every day on the phone. Um, and he, he's someone who proactively reached out. It wasn't because I was, you know, going out for help because, uh, at that point, in that point in the early stages of my sort of depression, uh, it was, um, I, I wasn't reaching out you know what I mean I was the stereotypical dude I was just like you know what like this sucks obviously but I'm gonna get through it on my own kind of thing right which is harmful um and uh long term and he proactively reached out and checked in on me even when I didn't feel like being checked in on and you know he he (laughs) kept on it and he's been um just an incredible presence in in my life ever since and he um continues to sort of be a be a rock and my mom is the same way and I have, uh, I was lucky, had a pretty good community around yeah. me as well. And so th- those are the things that really kept me grounded and kept me moving and still do to this day. I, I know yeah. I, I'm very, very lucky now that I know I have those people to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. that sense of community. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's not only you create it in your professional life, but it sounds like you have that, that foundation to fall back on in your totally. personal life, which really matters. Totally. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear about your bro friendship, your yeah, broship with Will. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's one of a kind. Man. He's and uh, he's a guy who you can joke and riff with all the time, but at the end yeah. of the day, he's there to have a very serious conversation if you need it, right? About yeah. whatever's going on mentally, and that's the problem with with men is that we don't talk about what's really, really happening, right? It's not yeah. even when I tell people that I have a friend who I talk to who's a dude every day, like yeah. that kind of shocks people, and I, I don't understand why right because even just your mental health isn't just like these huge milestones of depression or anxiety or whatever it's it's literally just how you take things in stride on an everyday basis right so if I'm having a off day or I'm annoyed or anxious or something maybe I'm not saying those words when I'm talking to Will but I'm talking about what's going on like I'm talking about what's happening in my life and just that is therapeutic right just to be able to tell someone about what's happening absolutely and I think it's so important that um we're able to have the flexibility and relationships. And I think it's more important that men have that flexibility in relationships that you just talked about. Like you can joke, but when you know, you need that person to get serious with you, you, they can sit and listen. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and I've asked a few people these questions, but I'm really curious about, can you give us three reasons why people should connect to Movember? Connect to Movember? Yeah. Get involved. Yeah. 
I mean, like, honestly, it's just, it's just a summarized version of what I've kind of talked about already in yeah. that, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to say these in a shorter version than what I've No, you can give the long <laughs> version. We like the long version um, because it gives people like, I know it's going to come from your heart. So totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I, I think the overarching message of all of our causes and, and everything we do is yeah to have more conversations, uh, to talk more. So I guess that's number one is, is just be okay with opening up. Um, there's such a heavy stigma around men and, and, and being able to show emotion and being able to talk about their mental health and being able to cry and being able to talk about what's going on. Um, from such a young age, that's been, uh, stigmatized and, and it's, not to be drastic but it's quite literally killing men too young yeah. um and so that's where it starts is just open up and, and have that conversation uh and then number two i guess on this list is uh uh to be proactive about your physical health um, yeah so really being able to check in uh and knowing how to check yourself for testicular cancer it's one of the only cancers you can do a self-examination for the beginning stages of testicular cancer for. Right. Um, so knowing the signs, knowing the symptoms, knowing you need to talk to someone early on just because um, the survival rate of testicular and prostate cancer changed drastically depending on when they're diagnosed. So early, early right. detection is crucial. It's key. Um, so that's number two. Talk to your doctor, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, number three is, is just to form more, more social connections, right? We know that yeah. social connections provide, um, especially now to, during, during isolation and, and COVID in, in that they can be preventative factors for anxiety, depression, or even more serious mental illness down the road. So talk to your friends, check in with your family and make sure they're doing okay too. Um, it could ultimately, you never know how much reaching out to someone it means, right? Um, Absolutely. So yeah, those are my, those are my three. I think there's a special place where people can find out a little bit more about Movember Conversations. Definitely. And that is conversations.movember.com. That is the website for sure. Yeah. yeah I just want to put in that little nudge. <laughs> it wasn't so yeah. subtle, but, yeah, no, that but, is it's, where. but it's to remind people that there is like, you know, you want to reach out to somebody. There is a template. Um, and it's not cheesy to go look at it. It's actually really important to kind of, totally. you know, go and check out, November conversations and kind of get a little bit more insight that, you know, when you ask someone how they're doing and they just say fine, exactly. uh, it, I think, I believe the prompts kind of help you get past like that wall of fine. Totally. That's the whole yeah. point, right? Is, is maybe you can sense or you have a gut feeling that someone yeah. in your life might be going through something that they're not opening up about, but you're not sure really how to open that conversation up. November conversations is there to be a resource to help you do that. A lot of the times, just being there and being able to listen to someone talk is, is, is crucial too, right? So November conversation walks you through lots of different scenarios that might arise when, when you begin that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and tell us, why do you mow? I mow for my dad. I mow for my uncle. I mow for my cousin. Um, I mow for uh, myself, I, I guess, right? Um, yeah. Being able, the last two and a half years have been, have been a trip and that's, uh, I've really come to terms with my own mental health as well and, and sort right. of how I deal with depression and, and anxiety. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to be this open about it without Movember, right? Like I'm an employee of, of the organization and obviously I 
care about our causes from that perspective. But at the same time, if I didn't work here, I would still be just as just as um, interested in spreading that message and, and making sure that all the men in my life are, are doing okay. So really, I mow to to honor those those men we've lost and, and to keep their keep their memory alive. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It's so powerful and important. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say a special thank you and hold some space for the men in your life exactly. uh, that have propelled you to be here in this moment. Thank you. I and appreciate it. Yeah, and continue to allow you to be here in this moment. Totally. So thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Decoding the Man. If you have any questions, suggestions, or a topic that stood out to you or you're seeking support, please email us at decodingtheman at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at decodingtheman. We'd like to thank Carissa McLeod, our social media and audio producer, Brian Sudama, our executive producer, and our theme song, Darling, is brought to you by David Porges.